2: Good morning, Bakers. Welcome to Wake and Jake. A big one today because we kind of got a bonus part because we had the NFL trade deadline. that actually turned out to be something good for you, NFL. Like when things become a thing. Yeah. Why not? That was kind of the one thing NFL was sort of missing, and we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, Let's do World Series quick and then deadline, and then we'll preview NFL week. schnein. Uh... For the World Series, the Phillies and Astros are still playing. Uh, we just did a great uh, talking baseball episode on the one game that was missed. Uh, the story all around it uh, was the pitch tipping. Uh, interesting to hear now Jerry, Trevor, and the John boys' opinions on it. I know we got two ball players and a guy that gets in the tape uh, more than anyone. Uh, you know, Trev and John kind of came in hot. With, uh, you know, I think if they had to cast a vote for pitch tipping, Trev's vote would have been no, Jim would have looked for something else on the ballot to put as a, a maybe, Um, and I think Jerry at the time, and I would love to know where he's at now, and maybe we can ask him in a little bit, he's going to be floating around the office today, Um, we all kind of assumed, because we were doing our live stream, and he was getting rocked, and the Twitter started running with it, that there was pitch tipping. Um, I I think my answer landed out in cop-out range, which isn't good for that best hot take off the top of your head segment that we've been thinking about doing. That's a joke. Um, that I think Harper and the Phillies probably thought they kind of had something. The leg kick is the safest bet. Or it's it's something in the facial expression. You know, we we heard, you know, sometimes the pitcher's that front-facing camera angle that we get, you know, once or twice a game where you see the pitcher shaking or saying no or yes or whatever, Uh, you know, sometimes there's a lot of tells there, whether it's glove up, glove down, whether it's just literally the breath. Like, there's been pitchers that take a heavy breath before throwing a fastball, and that's the giveaway. So, I I think the Phillies had a little something. I don't know if it was the main course. Uh, The Brandon Marsh homer, that was a homer in two ballparks, uh, Citizens Bank and Yankee Stadium. Uh, So that that one had a little bit of funk to it. I mean, McCullers didn't look great either way. The Schwarbo one he got beat on, and that's Kyle Schwarber becoming an October legend. Harper was a middle-middle pitch that Bryce Harper does not miss. And if he had a little bit of a tip, I mean, that's how easy he made it look. So so that would make sense. And then the Reese, the Reese homer, I don't think he should have been out there for. Um, you know, he, he probably should not have been in the game at that point after giving up the homer to Schwarbs. Um, Not necessarily a, a, uh, a tanker job. Along with Boehm, and the Boehm one is the one that throws everyone off. That's the one that that's, has Jimmy wanting to check that maybe box. It's the one that has Trevor hitting the no box. Because Bohm is leading off the second inning and it's a sinker in. Harper got a curveball. We're talking wind up and stretch, which that's a big difference. Uh and Bohm just puts a good swing on it. It it gets out on a line. Um, I don't know. I, I think the answer per usual lands somewhere in the middle. Trev, you know, he's still pretty connected to the Phillies org. Uh he said that. Uh, he thinks after the World Series, guys will tell him something. And he just doesn't know if the something is a minor pitch-tipping thing. Or maybe it it could still be a major one. They set the MLB record for most home runs in a World Series game? Or off of one pitcher? Most home runs
0: in the first two innings? In the first two
2: innings. Like, this was a record-setting World Series game. Um, The 1,000th World Series home run. Massive. Massive. Um, or I mean, and Trev believes in this, so I'm going to believe in it a little bit that he thinks, you know, the Phillies are high T, they're high energy, they are, um, masculinity like we're bad dudes. He, he thinks a chunk of it was McCullers didn't have his A stuff and the boys bopped. Um, I don't know. I think there's more to it than that. Uh, especially the way Harper was acting to for him, if we find out that he was full theatrics, like I, I was fairly confident that Framber, a lot of what he was doing is theatrics to a degree. Um, I do think he was getting sweat or rosin for the ball. I don't think he was using uh, spider tack or, or a cheating material. Could be wrong. Um, I think his theatrics were playing up to it, but there was a ton of theatrics for him. Framber is theatrics. After every pitch, he's either squatting or smiling or silly face or whatever it is. For Harper to hit a home run, pimp it, tell the hitting coach and Boehm and anyone that would listen to him... Calls him over. Pretend... If he was doing all of that to pretend he has a tip and just be putting on theatrics, I mean, that would be hanging in the loof. Like, I, I, I don't know. Um... Because hitting a baseball is really hard, and those guys hitting, you know, World Series breaking amount of home runs, just doesn't seem like just doesn't seem like it was clean. McCullers, who's pitched in a lot of big games, um, his stuff didn't look great. His changeup actually looked kind of like his best pitch as the game developed. Um, and who knows if that was part of the pitch tipping? Who knows if that was part of the game plan to throw more changeups? Uh, but Lancer Colors, man. Uh there is a there's a weird part of me after the game that felt a little bad. I know Yankee fans, they have the Andy Pettit, was it game six versus the Diamondbacks where he was tipping his pitches and that still haunts him. Uh, tipping pitches, I was I was emptying my heart to Jerry Blevins after the stream. It doesn't hit the same chord with me as it does with a lot of baseball fans. Uh, You know, the, the internet was running hot, and there's a lot of guys that made living off of pitch tipping. And any time we hear a Carlos Beltran story, got one last night from Jerry that was a pitcher, whenever he would throw his curveball, he would just drop his arm a little bit more, and, like, you could see it behind his leg. Was it
0: like a blow above the belt or something it type was, deal? It was
2: It was a lefty, and it would just be behind. Like, he would just... Basically, uh, in like his in his, can see it or he not. would have the glove out and reach his arm back. And for the curveball, you'd be able to see the ball like behind his knee. And for a fastball, you wouldn't be. And so, Carlos Beltran, who's a weird tie to all of baseball right now, uh, you know, he was kind of the big dude in the whole Houston thing that gets overlooked a little bit. At least to everybody scapegoat. who, like, is trying to put it
0: on someone. Little
2: column A, little column B. Uh, But, you know, it's one of those funny things that I don't think it it should be shots fired at Carlos Beltran because he had what basically is a Hall of Fame career. But I think a lot of the times, Carlos Beltran, taken out of context, knew what was coming. Um, And that's just not how... (laughs) It sounds really dumb because I didn't play a lot of high-level baseball, but I just didn't view baseball through that scope. Um, But we've now seen it in so many big games. uh, If they have a... a tip on the pitcher or think they have a tip on the pitcher. We know that so many guys, uh, the starting pitching job in the dugout, we make fun of the starting pitchers a lot. But a big part of their job is to observe every pitch and see if they see something. And there's a ton of guys who are like Carlos Beltran. There's now front office positions that are scouting to see if they can pick up uh, small different hints, tips, tricks, or codes used to read a lot of those video game online websites growing (laughs) up. Um, That it is a massive thing in baseball. It just doesn't strike the same chord at me as like a way to win. And so Jerry, I told him that last night. And he said, what about when like a runner's on second and they're picking up the pitch sequences or they can see in the glove? I like that. I like that part of it. Like, I, I guess there's just, there's something about the pitcher. And maybe this is just me being soft. There's something about the pitcher not knowing what he's doing and getting beat on it that doesn't feel right. But at the same time, when you're a hitter trying to do the toughest thing in sports, I absolutely get it.
0: So, And, like, every team's got the guys looking at another yeah. team and looking at their own guys um, to try to quell any tipping. But there's And there's just also just a part of me, I think this is in agreement with you, that it kind of just doesn't sit great with me. It's just, like, every time come the playoffs like every time there's just a bad start it's becoming everyone jumps to it's that it's
2: becoming an annual playoff story and i guess i i don't necessarily love that um but it's it is a massive part of the game it it's never going to leave i mean every hitter i mean as long as the game goes on we'll try to figure out some way because uh, I don't know. At the same time, if I if I was facing a pitcher, and I remember when young Davy Garcia came up, and they said his release point on his curveball was higher. Like if I was a hitter and I could tell that, I like that. Like that's that's reading the pitcher. I, I guess tipping pitches with a, a knee a knee lift or a or a hand raise or something like that. It's absolutely a game to win, and I I don't dislike it. I guess I dislike the narratives that can come from it. Um, and it's just, a, it's a little bit of a jakey blind spot. Not that, not that that's anything. But, Phillies role, their offense uh, looks unstoppable. They also got shut out by Ranger Suarez in the Phillies' pen. We'll see going forward. I mean, the Phillies' offense right now looks so good to, to shut them down enough over would be the next four games. Astros have to win the next three out of four, right? Yeah. Is my math right there? It doesn't feel that way right now. It doesn't feel that way right now. So we will see. I mean, Houston, Javier goes tonight, Verlander tomorrow. If those guys throw up zeros like they can, you're heading back to Houston feeling good. Peter Moylan said it early on in the playoffs. I I asked him, because Peter Moylan, for the silly kookaburra he can be, and I don't like saying that word, he will, his answer will let you know. He will give you a deep dive analysis, or he will give you the silly, you can't explain sports analysis, and Peter Moylan gave the the Phillies have the juice, and they've had the juice. Jim? Oh, it's sudden death. It was always sudden death. Get ready for some gaming content coming from John Boy and Joe's McFly. Uh, add there, I guess. John Boy, Joe's McFly. Gaming content. Go check out JM Gaming. Um,
0: There's some other videos on that channel that aren't there. those two.
2: If you have no idea, we've been putting a ton of stuff out there. Golf, Jeopardy. Some Mario Kart stuffs Mario coming. Kart coming. A lot of Madden. So Jane, that's right.
0: I had to give Justin the smoke this week.
2: Oops. And speaking of, mentioned a big wake and Jake uh, for the podcast and the tube. The NFL trade deadline uh, was cool. Like, let that be kind of the starting starting off point for this. Uh, the NFL trade deadline, not known for its coolness. A I remember originally the NFL trade deadline was like week four. So every team thought they were good. And then NFL teams value draft picks like they are liquid gold. In recent years, we've seen teams change their value of draft picks. It started kind of with the Seattle Seahawks. If you remember, they would trade their first round pick like every year. And I think it's, we thought it was part of the reason that people uh, that the Seahawks kind of started to fade out at a certain point. But then we saw the Los Angeles Rams. Did I say Los Angeles weird? Los Angeles Rams? Um, they traded all their first-round picks. They stopped caring. They said, let's go for it. Let's win. And guess what? It ended up working out. And when it works out, that's when everyone's head starts to turn. And they say, oh... Wait, you guys traded all your picks, won the Super Bowl. Other teams start going. Wait, should we trade our picks, win the Super Bowl? Um, it's always been a weird thing for years. Like I remember going back to Randy Moss and the Patriots. I think Randy Moss uh, was he traded for a fourth round pick or something like that. I think that was kind of one of the first eye opening moments. I, and I wonder if any NFL exec would say that, that it was kind of like the value to pick ratio is just a little off. I know contracts get involved, but NFL contracts, most of them you can get out of if you really need to, um, that it has come back to earth. Now, that being said, uh, those early round picks is still a good draft class, a couple good draft classes. That is how you can build it up. Um and and really change your team and like look at those Philadelphia Eagles right now, um, you know. Remember, a year and a half ago, two years ago, the the Eagles were kind of like their skill positions were, for lack of a better term, ass. I like remember they had that that former Houston College quarterback. He was their wide receiver one for a couple games, and it was just like. It was just kind of like, what are we doing, Eagles? Like, don't get me wrong. We love a good O-line and D-line, but you need some skilled players. Now, here they are, Devontae Smith, um, A.J. Brown with his three touchdowns in the first half and looking dominant. But they attack the lines, and that's what has just made their whole team gross. Their O-line is nasty. Their D-line is nasty. Some of the other stuff around that you can figure out, um, and they have now figured it out. But, uh, so with that, this trade deadline was really entertaining. Like, it was just kind of a buzz in the office, because it wasn't the part that the NFL can never get from MLB, who has the best trade deadline. Uh, and then the NBA has interesting debt deadlines, but they never feel basketball is so much about on-court chemistry that it never feels like you're either getting a small piece to a championship team that it's like, oh, this guy... Those
0: are the ones that make a difference for this year. This is the
2: sixth man they're missing, or this is their backup big man, or this this guy will be their ball handler, like, uh, you know, their third guard, something like that. You know, to get a third piece or a a one- or a two-piece in the NBA, you're changing your whole team that to then use that final third of the season to try to gel and figure it out. You can get massive trades that will affect NBA franchises and tons of picks and all of that. But baseball. guys
0: for many years.
2: It's where baseball can kind of win, because you can trade a, a Justin Verlander, or a, you know, a, a rental who could be a massive player, you know, Manny Machado, like uh, Juan Soto got traded at this deadline. Um, And those guys can have a bigger impact where NFL, you're never going to see, I don't think so, I'll knock on wood, but you would never see a quarterback change mid-season and join a new, like a a major one. Like, I think we've seen QBs get moved that are like, our QB got hurt and hopefully in a week or two, this guy will know enough of the offense. But to trade the Rodgers, you know, like there was
0: guy's supposed to be like the guy.
2: There's just too much that meshes with 11 players on an offense to trade mid-season. a real quarterback midseason to try to figure out and win the rest of the way. That's not a good formula.
0: Like As a move like for the year you're in.
2: No camp, no wide receiver chemistry. It's, it's just not how it works. That being said, with teams valuing the, the draft picks just a little less and with other positions being able to do it, the NFL trade deadline has turned into a fun thing that we saw a lot of action yesterday. Let me see if we got uh, the the ones you care about. Safety Marlowe uh, to the Bills. No, sorry. Fenton to the Falcons. No, sorry. Uh, Naeem Hines. If you're a fantasy person or, or follow the sport, you're probably familiar with him. He's been like a popular fantasy waiver guy, I feel like, for the past couple years, receiving back. For the Colts, he goes over to the Buffalo Bills, uh, a team that has been looking to lock down their receiving back position. Uh, Singletary has been strong for them in the run game, and I think he's actually been decent in the pass game this year. They also drafted Cook from Florida State to be their other kind of running back and hopefully their pass catcher. Maybe he will still will be. Maybe he's back up for both of them now, especially if – You know, the Bills keep rolling. You're not going to want to burn out Singletary or Hines or whoever it is. Um, They get a receiving back. Uh, Naeem Hines, I think he's a solid third down back. I don't think he scares you. You know, the Bills were one of of the early McCaffrey rumors that you were like, oh, shit, if they do that, I mean, that's a video game. They get a piece. They give up Zach Moss and a six-round pick. Um, yeah, after the McCaffrey
0: rumors and and just chatter of guys who could be on the move and us getting some big moves. People wanted them to get a guy to be their, their like, one. And they sort of get – like, I guess Hines, Hines is an upgrade over Moss, but a, very close to a same-for-same, same, like, role and all that.
2: Yeah, I I think as a receiving – I mean, talent, If I think Moss is a guy that he's supposed to be, like, a 15-down carries a game, and they just – Buffalo offense doesn't do that, and I don't think Zach Moss has earned that. That He goes to the Colts with a six-round pick. I think he could be depth behind Taylor. It's a pick. The Colts are 3-4-1. and one. I think if you get value for Naheem Hines, who is, you know, third third down backs in the NFL isn't, isn't the sexiest thing unless you're the best of the best of the best. Um, good for them. Uh, William Jackson... To the Steelers from the Commanders, no. Sorry.
0: Those two teams can't think about you.
2: No. Uh, My Broncos and Jets. Big trade. Jacob Martin, uh, defensive end, uh, goes with a fifth-round pick. The Jets get a fourth-round pick. Why would I even mention that trade? Because that trade should be attached to the Broncos traded Bradley Chubb. Uh, Big piece, man. Uh, This guy was... A high-up draft pick, the Broncos let Von Miller go because they kind of were giving the keys to this dude. Uh, when he's right, he's nasty and one of the better defenders in the NFL. The article I'm looking at right now, the names mentioned uh, in front of him. In This is some panic stuff. We'll call him in a second. Why not? Pass rush win rate. There's some new NFL. The two guys in front of him, Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett. Uh The Dolphins, who you've seen me fall out of lust with and back into lust with a little bit, uh, they get a major player, and they had to pay. First-round pick, fourth-round pick, Chase Edmonds, kind of funny. Uh, People are down on him a lot, and the Broncos' backfield is now Chase Edmonds and Latavius Murray, Hmm. Melvin Gordon. Like, how did we get here? How did this happen, guys? Um, I don't know, in a way I'm happy because the Broncos traded away so many draft picks for Russell Wilson that to move a D-end outside linebacker like Chubb, who is great and super valuable, for the rest of this season and upcoming seasons, you just, it might not mean anything for the Broncos. So you gotta go out and get first round picks and they get the Niners first round pick, which we'll see now that it's... They also made a pretty big trade themselves. Um, I don't know. In a way, I'm happy that the Broncos were being realistic um, because as good as Bradley Chubb is, I don't know what he's going to do for that team in the next couple years. And I think the mindset kind of has to change because, man, it hasn't looked good. has not looked good. Um A couple other, actually, before I get to the other connected trade, um, here's a fun one. Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars. We haven't talked about Calvin much this year because he got suspended the whole year for sports gambling, like one parlay or whatever it was. God, how crazy is that? DraftKings fan duel, uh, bleep duel. Um, I mean, all those guys. M.G. Blank. M.G. Blank. They're everywhere. They're all over the NFL. The NFL's heading that way. Anyways, um, Ridley was nasty in 2020. I mean, uh, high fantasy pick and stuff like that. Young stud receiver the whole way. He's out for the year, and it looks like Atlanta, uh, Calvin Ridley for a fifth-round pick and a conditional fourth. Atlanta's cutting and running, and I was reading some articles that were like, A, there's no guarantee that that he'll be activated by the league. Um, Like he's got that suspension and they could still have him by the balls a little bit. I don't know about that because, I mean, it's a full year suspension. Um, For the Jaguars, and uh, the people I've seen have loved it for the Jaguars, is that, uh, you know, when he comes back next year, if you develop Trevor Lawrence a little more, um, you know, this year, I don't think, unless it goes If Trevor Lawrence likes this, he's still getting next year for the Jaguars. Um, You still want to find out more. Uh, And I I think he's going to be around what he's been doing, and that's fine. So if you can add another year, and a lot of people are treating this as his rookie year because Urban Meyer was so bad, that you add a Calvin Ridley. If you add another line piece, Etienne is breaking out. Uh, People really like it for the Jags. For the Falcons, it's got to feel kind of sad. Like, you kind of have this hyper-talented young wide receiver that could be a part of this team right now, and he's not. Like, if they had just given him an eight-game suspension, I think we'd be talking about Calvin Ridley, like, playing this week for the NFC South leading Falcons. So that's got to really hurt Falcons fans, man. Um, But, I don't know, business decisions, business decisions, Made both ways. Uh, The other connected trade I want to talk about, Jeff Wilson Jr. to the Dolphins. He's had a couple big games for the Niners and a fifth-round pick, so Chase Edmonds goes out, Jeff Wilson Jr. in. He's graded out a lot better this year. And obviously, the other piece that ties to this is the Christian McCaffrey trade uh, that had happened, and we already talked about a little bit, not the actual trade, but just the fact he went... um, over to the Niners. He had the the three-touchdown passing, rushing, receiving day. They emptied out the wallet for that. I think in football circles, they're getting killed, and I wonder if my guy Penick goes there because they paid a ton for a running back, which that is, can't do that, can't do that, sin, sin, sin. If you're Shanahan and you're going to use Christian McCaffrey like the way you use Christian McCaffrey, knock yourself out. And I just talked about how there's not a lot of elite teams. This Niners team, they went to the NFC Championship game last year. Uh, they had a pull. They had a chance to win it. They're back to Jimmy G. They now add McCaffrey. You know, if, if they get a couple of their pieces healthy and back, uh, you know, the, the Eagles, let me get the NFC standings up. The Eagles are incredible, right? They're 7-0. and They look dominant. At the end of the day, it's not like they're the team that has been there and has run it. Like, in a playoff game, if they go down and Jalen Hurts has to pass his way out of it, we're still going to find out. Jalen Hurts hasn't thrown a pass from behind in the second half this season. Week 9. It's pretty crazy. Um, you know, in a playoff game, could the Niners beat the Cowboys? Could they beat the Giants? Commanders? Seahawks? Vikings? Falcons? I think they can. So I I get it, and I'm probably undervaluing draft picks in the NFL because they are a lifeblood. But Christian McCaffrey, when he's at his best, he's at his best. The concern is injury. The concern is running back. Looks like he's got some new life breathed into him. He's got literally his dad's coach. And Knows the McCaffrey way and one of the best running back like family ever, the Shanahan boys. I support when teams in sports go for it. They did a go-for-it move. They outbid the Rams on him, and then they whooped the Rams' ass with him. So I get to play that a little bit. Um, but I like that for them. Uh, the other fun ones... Uh, running back James Robinson goes Jags to Jets. They lost Brees Hall. Jags, uh, they were going to let Etienne be the guy, and he's going to be the guy. Good. Don't really care. Uh, people like it more for the Jags because draft pick again for a running back. Oh, oh, oh. We love that football. Um, I just humped the mic a little bit. Uh, the other one that's cool and has fantasy implications, and you care about, well, actually Robert Quinn going to the Eagles, mark that down. Their stud D line gets that much better. Um, sheesh. I mean, that is they didn't need that, but they got that, and they rotate those guys in and out. They, uh, man, if them and the Bills link up in the football, is gonna be like the, the Super Bowl is gonna be like the best line football ever. Like Bobby, Bobby Skinner is gonna be like. Big and horny Mm. Um Kadarius Tony's time With the Giants is over Yeah Sad about that at all? Happy about that at all?
0: (sighs) Yeah Don't really feel anything He he Wasn't really part of the team Get a third and a
2: six For a guy like you said Wasn't a part of the team It's It is It's just tough The The Giants so much talk about Wide receiver And instead one's going out Instead of one coming in But It's a Not a position of depth
0: for them and and overall not a good value on like he was a first round pick two years ago but uh from where he was at currently they get good value bobby justin did a whole thing right when it happened check that out good ep Mm. um
2: yeah
0: probably be probably have a big play at some point
2: yeah with the chiefs and the way he'll use them the way he can move when he's right uh there will be some Kadarius tony highlights Uh,
0: for the Giants in two years, he's been either hurt or not playing even half the snaps. So I think he had eight games where he played sixty percent of snaps mm. as a Giants. wasn't part of the team. Yeah, he didn't want to be.
2: Exciting when he was. Um, I he's electric anytime he touches the ball. So I have. There's so still good. three big ones that I hadn't gotten to, and I I do want to call Penick. Um, TJ Hawkinson uh, goes to the Vikings. That's, that's really good for him, man. He's a stud. He's been a part of those fun line offensive games. Um, I think he's one of the better tight ends in the league, and he's a guy that can win. And Kirk Cousins, if he's at quarterback, the more guys he has running routes that can win, that's big for them in the Vikings. Detroit Lions had TJ. He balled out, and for them to now get a second and a third, for a guy that they valued and used, and let's be honest, I mean, they are, you know, 1-7 one in, one in seven now, 1-6, in six. so like, what they were doing with Hawkinson wasn't going to get them anywhere, it's fun, you, every team loves a good tight end, but what it means for them at the end of the day, I mean, they're, they're a losing team again, so, um, kind yeah. of love that one both ways. You don't know fully
0: where you can debate how valuable that was to them, like the return and all that. But ultimately, probably not going to be good with the two years he has left of control. Get as many picks as you can. And,
2: and of, a similar, ilk, defense. of yeah. a similar ilk, the Steelers trade Claypool. Um, you know, the Steelers this year aren't going anywhere. Um, and Claypool... For a second-round pick. You know, this was a guy. There was some talk in the office. Penick was around. Uh, would the Giants go for Claypool for, like, a third? For a fourth? For a fourth and a fifth? He ends up going for a second-round pick. Uh, and if you're the NFL pick community, that is... Uh, that is That was above value. That's above what the people thought. Um, and the interesting thing is, because, you know, I gave my speech about the Niners and stuff, he goes to the Bears, which... Uh, no one has them in their contender pool. Fields has shown some signs of life, and hopefully with Claypool, um, you know they can see more from Justin Fields, and if the Bears can see more from Justin Fields and he's their guy, is that enough of a win for a second-round pick? Maybe. Um, I don't know if Chase Claypool will bring that out. Maybe he will. Fields has shown a little bit of electricity this year along with some of the down points. If he's got that throw-it-up option and a guy's going to give you a chance, sure. And, hey, Bears-wide receivers, you know, Allen Robinson was there, and then he wasn't. Um, I don't know. Uh, The consensus kind of is the Steelers getting value for a guy like that who wasn't going to help them anymore. Hey, Bears, if it helps you find out about your quarterback, maybe it's worthwhile. Maybe it's worthwhile. And the other big one included... Those Bears. It was Roquan Smith, uh, stud linebacker, uh, regarded uh, highly around the league. He gets uh, the, he goes to the Ravens, and the Bears get um, a second round pick, fifth round pick, and linebacker AJ Klein. Um, Ravens, kind of the same speech I gave about the Niners, right? Like they are a good team, they're a high level team, they can be. And there's not a lot of high-level teams. Their weakness was defense. If he could shore that up a little bit, um, why not? And the Bears, again, and this is where this move and the Claypool move, there's a little, ah, eh, because the picks that end up coming in and out are kind of similar, so they get the wide receiver to try to learn what Fields is. So I guess there's part of me that respects that. And if you're Baltimore, again, I, I you guys – have heard where i stand on it if you're trying to be aggressive and go for it he's a guy that's going to help you this season and uh their defense has been their weak spot and with them holding on to a lead and not blowing it late and adding him maybe maybe that's kind of what changes the tune in baltimore a little bit let's uh we'll give Justin Panic a quick call um i was already I was rolling. Justin Penix?
1: Joe's Jake McFly and Beeb's Storiali. How are we doing?
2: We're doing well. How are you?
1: Oh, great. Great. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk some trade deadline. This trade deadline, what's so cool about this trade deadline, I'll tell you what, Jake. Yes. Is, I mean, it, it felt like the NBA and MLB where usually like what's missing with the NFL is like that kind of off the field kind of excitement but we got it in the offseason and then we got it with this trade deadline um so the is catching up to some of these other sports in that regard
2: yeah i i uh i kind of started there with uh, i i love it for the NFL like the buzz that was kind of going through the office and you know i i do think and sorry to flex my MLB muscles on you that uh NFL i, I don't think they'll be able to get there cuz like you you would need prime quarterbacks to be changing midseason and that that'll never happen you know because MLB you could trade a rental or whatever but for what it was man it's perfect and it's getting better and I think it's just it's the perfect mix of front offices not overvaluing draft picks anymore along with the trade deadline obviously being moved back and you know you can you can teach a linebacker a scheme. You can add a wide receiver to the mix. You can add a running back to the mix. I, I think it's in a really good spot right now.
1: Yeah, and also the NFL is really weird this year because there's three good teams. Right. <laughs> there's the Eagles, which the Eagles added uh, Robert Quinn, and there's the Chiefs, which the Chiefs added Kadarius Toney. Um, we'll even see if he even suits up for the Chiefs. And uh, there's the Bills, and the Bills uh, added nine hines kind of at the, at the last second. Um, from the Colts there, which I don't really, out of all the moves that were made, I think nine, nine hines means the least amount. But still, you know, if the Bills feel like that's what they need to push them over the top, the Bills don't need much to push them over the top. So um, there's three good teams in the NFL right now. And even like, hey, <laughs> you know, uh, like you look at Calvin Ridley with the Jags, that's a next year thing. Robbie Anderson with the Cardinals, why not? Um, there are certain teams that are kind of there that feel like, hey, if we can, you know, get a get hot late, Why
2: not? Well, well, and that's where there's, there's two that I'll tee you up for that. I, I think, um, that I think I like for kind of the reason you just said, there's three kind of really good teams in football right now. I think two teams made moves to put themselves in the mix. Well, a third, if you count the dolphins, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not where I want to be with the dolphins. Um, McCaffrey, Goes to the Niners, um, a team that's been good recently. Uh, They have their formula, and they add Christian McCaffrey. They paid a big boy price for a running back. Um, And then the other one, uh, I I think the Ravens and Roquan Smith. I I think the Ravens, your Ravens that you picked uh, before this season to win the Super Bowl, uh, you know, they blew a couple games. Their defense has been their weakness um, and they go out and they get you know uh, a big time linebacker that I maybe not even their biggest need on that defense, but he's an upgrade and it. I I think those teams see that there's not a lot of dominant teams, and they're thinking if we elevate ourselves a little bit and we can be in the serious crapshoot of the playoffs, that maybe they can make some happen.
1: Yeah, I mean for Roquan Smith and the Ravens, I mean, you know they changed their their defensive coordinator, where now they're playing a. They're playing a lot more of a conservative system than what they had with Link Martindale in years past, um, where this is very analytically advanced, where, you know, as we know, the Ravens offensively, but going for it on fourth down, they're a very analytically advanced team. And relying on Patrick Queen, who has kind of been, I don't want to say a bust, but he has not been what they drafted him in out of the first round out of LSU a couple of years ago. So Roquan Smith getting one of the league's best linebackers then um, you also have the potential to also sign him too to an extension, which is awesome for them. So yeah, so for the Ravens, um, and then you mentioned Christian McCaffrey with the 49ers. Jake. The only thing that, like, I I think of like in in my brain is the 49ers have been able to turn such kind of ragtag running backs. Right, like they'll just sign they'll they sign these guys from the streets, and and they're good. And they even just traded away Jeff Wilson to the. the to the Dolphins as well which I mean that's like an underrated trade that the Dolphins really did need they needed to get I think it was Chase Edmonds they needed to get Chase Edmonds kind of out of there um but I like so you can look at it from multiple different ways with with McCaffrey you can look at it the 49ers and this is where I'm really leaning towards the 49ers have a window with Trey Lance with as as their rookie QB during that contract right and they're in such a kind of a crappy situation because Trey Lance is now out for the year. They sat him last year, but they still are in this window where they kind of have to win. Like, they made the Super Bowl a couple years ago. You know, they're, they have been good for the last couple years. There's windows in the NFL, and the 49ers are in it right now. So who cares about draft picks? Who cares about draft picks? Who cares about salary cap? Just go in and go for it. And that's where I like the McCaffrey thing. But also, you look at it, and McCaffrey did cost them a lot. And he's costing a lot against the cap, so it's it's you kind of weigh it both ways. Where are you on that?
2: Um, for me, it's at so the the Trey Lance part of it is interesting because I I didn't even jump there yet. for For me, it was the NFC. There's one good team in the NFC right now. It's it's the Eagles, and by the way, it's not like they're. A super battle tested Eagles team. Like, you know, we don't,
1: we don't really know. We don't really fully know yet. Like, the Eagles didn't face the Cowboys with Dak Prescott. You know, we don't even fully know what the Eagles are.
2: And you, you know, you, know, you talk a, a couple injuries, and I, I think my fun fact stat that I stole was that Jalen Hurts hasn't thrown a pass from behind in the second half this year yet. <laughs> that, you know, if if they ended up in a playoff game down, you know, 10 points or 14 points and they just got to huck it and chuck it. We, we haven't seen that yet. So if yep. you're the Niners, like the Cowboys, I just, I did this before I called you, but Cowboys, Giants, uh, Commanders, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals, Vikings are the only kind of outlier, but they can be beat. Like there's not yep. a doubt in my mind they can be beat. So if you're the Niners and you can get it on track and if Shanahan and McCaffrey can be like the golden goose link up that it has the chance to be, There's there's just a part of me as a sports fan that I'm gonna enjoy that. And then I I started saying this with Claypool before, which it was a funky trade a little bit, but if if them having McCaffrey next year helps them find out if Trey Lance is a dude, then hey, there's value there as well. So I'm 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 into it.
1: Yeah. There's a window and they're going for it. I mean at the bottom line you can say, Oh, running back's this, running back's that, which sometimes I'm I'm in that boat myself, but there's a window uh, this even, and I, the reason why I say there's a window is because of Trey Lance. You know, Trey Lance is on that rookie contract, and you got to find out what you have in him. But even this year with Garoppolo, because why not? You know, there's yeah. a reason why you kind of kept that guy around, and there's a reason why you structured that contract the way that it is. Because why not? You already, you know, showed up to the dance once with Garoppolo in it. You know, why not? You know, you can win it again. So, um, I, I, I do want to talk about your Dolphins because it involved. Also your Broncos. Yeah. You kind of dismissed it a little bit. The Bradley Chubb going to the Dolphins was my favorite move that was made. Yeah. It was my favorite. Why so why did you poo poo on it a little
2: bit? No, I've I've I was poo-pooing at, so I was I was I still don't believe in the Dolphins. like if if it's Ravens, Niners, and Dolphins, and you tell me I've got to buy two of those teams to potentially make noise like this year in a real way, I would take the other two teams before the Dolphins. Um, yep. I, I'm I'm not the biggest, not the biggest to a guy. Although some of his accuracy throws last week were, crazy. were buying me in, and what they're doing, uh, and McDaniel, I'm I'm in on that. And yeah, dude, if this was a winners of the deadline article, I mean, Chubb, um, and Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, for what they traded and gave up. It it was a win, and at the same time, I've I've been at peace with death with my Broncos that the fact they get get a first-round pick, like, yeah, we're going to end up needing those, and Bradley Chubb is not going to be the difference for us. And, hey, hopefully he is for them, and I have to give the Dolphins more respect.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins turned the third overall pick of the 2021 draft. Um, They traded back to the twelfth spot, but then they traded up to the sixth spot with the Eagles to get Jalen Waddle. They traded a first round pick for Tyree Kill, and then they traded a 2023 first round pick that somehow that they got from a trade like all the all the wires are confusing me right now. But somehow, like the third overall pick of the twenty twenty one draft, it kind of all leads to Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and Bradley Chubb. Which, hey, even though the Dolphins, again, we're talking about windows in the NFL. Even though the Dolphins, hey, they don't, I don't think they have a first-round pick next year because they had the whole, you know, uh, tanking thing with Brian Flores mm. and they got that pick taken away, the tampering with Brady, whatever. So they got a first-round pick taken away. But I love it because look at those three guys that you end up with. I mean, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Bradley Chubb. Um, do you know the Dolphins' record with Tua started, Jake?
2: Uh, it's got to be really good, right? It's got to be what five and 0. 5 and zero, yeah,
1: five and zero. Yeah, they lost to Cincinnati, the Jets, and the Vikings with uh, you know Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater starting two other games. So um, I, I'm kind of I'm buying the Dolphins because I just I like what they're doing because I like that they're going for it because Tua is in this window and because there's only two other good teams in the AFC and what matters in the postseason is if you can get to the quarterback, and if you can rush four or five, um, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are on this kind of do-not-blitz list. You just don't. It's not wise to blitz them. So if you can get there with kind of your front four or your pass rushers, Jalen Phillips is having an all-right, decent second year. Um, He's certainly not a number-one pass rusher. He has three sacks on the year. He had eight-and-a-half last year. Um, only nine QB hits. So hopefully, he has a strong second half of the season. Does have seven QB hits in the last three games. But Bradley Chubb already has five and a half sacks on the year. Um, so he's looking really solid. I didn't know how young he was. He was drafted yeah. in 2018. I felt like he's been around for longer.
2: Yeah. No, he's, he's really good. I mean, I, there was a stat that his, his win. I mean, I don't have to tell you, talking football analytics guy, but his, his win rate is only behind, uh, Parsons and yeah. someone else insane so yeah I mean he's he's a stud and it, the only thing I'm gonna punch back at you on the Dolphins uh and you know this but I they stole that game from the Ravens that was a mess I think if that doesn't yeah. if I think if that game isn't week two they don't win that game um they if kind
1: of Smith plays in that game then maybe they,
2: won. <laughs> they they kind of did the same to the bills I know I can't keep using that cop out because a win is a win in the NFL especially against that Bill's team but they kind of did the same thing. And then their other wins, Patriots, Steelers, Lions. I mean, those teams are booty. The week one Patriots. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm that being said, their next three games, panic bears, Browns and Texans. so that's why the dolphins are putting me through the mixer a little bit that I think, I think they are good enough. They're not the, I was going to call them the barometer team in the NFL. Like if you're a, if you're a bad team they will beat you. If you're a good team you will beat them cuz hey, they've they beat two good teams that I like. I I guess I want to see when they play the Bills again. They go they have 3 weeks in a row at Niners, at Chargers, at Bills. I'm I'm going to make my my Dolphins decisions then and hey, I hope I hope Tua's throwing dimes cuz when he does it's beautiful. I hope Chubb is getting to the quarterback cuz he's awesome and I I I hope um, by week whatever that is, weeks fifteen, I'm I'm chugging Dolphins Kool Aid.
1: Tyreek Hill has three games, four games of 160 or more receiving yards.
2: That's insane. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they made they made all those games, 49ers, Chargers, and Bills. They made that a on the road,
2: right? <laughs> on the road, they were throwing it like it's all the stuff you want to see, right? So I um I'm leaving my heart open. To to wanting more from them, but I feel like we're gonna have a second Dolphins fever after this three game stretch against yeah. the Bears, Browns, and Texans. I'm not gonna drink into it then, and then I'm gonna wait for their next three games to to see what I think of them. Yeah. What uh What else you got coming up with uh, either you know talking football, talking Giants, talking love. Yeah. So, uh, JM
1: football. Um, you know, Bobby posts uh, a lot of kind of the longer breakdowns. And when I say longer, I mean, we try and keep everything, you know, 18 18 minutes or or under, really. Um, So that's going out every week on JM Football, and then I kind of handle the shorts. So if you like some of the shorter content, I'm actually, uh, I'm just finishing up and putting together right now how Tony Pollard should be getting more carries than Ezekiel Elliott. Like, Tony Pollard has been not just better than Zeke, I think he's been one of the league's best backs, and you know, there's a whole argument of change of pace and you know, what does that mean and you know, what kind of value does Ezekiel Elliott have as like kind of this workforce? But I think for the Cowboys it's like I think they fall under the the old adage of, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And mm-hmm. I think that's the exact reason why when it matters most in the postseason that they fail, because they're not willing to do anything that's kind of uncomfortable for them, even despite them having talented teams. So, um we we got that stuff going on at JM football. Obviously the Giants are good. Um, you know it's our bye week, so it's going to be a little slow on the Giants front. But uh, we're chugging along with JM Football, and we're having a good time doing it.
2: Yeah, that the, the Pollard Zeke stuff is fun, man. Because I, there's there's a, a purist football part of me that's like, yeah, well let let Zeke run into him twelve times, and then let Pollard go nuts when they're a little worn out. Yeah. Um. But then the opposite of that would be, hey, let <laughs> just let Pollard go because he is <laughs> yeah. when he's yeah. loose, man, he's awesome.
1: Yeah. He averages twenty five yards per attempt. Whenever he has a run of ten plus yards, he averages twenty five yards per attempt versus Zeke averages fourteen yards, which that is a I mean, a twenty five yard play versus a fourteen yard play is a huge difference in the NFL.
2: That's gotta be like an eleven yard difference.
1: You got it, Jake.
2: Math Company. Uh, Math Company. Justin Panic, thank you. On short notice as always cuz that's just how I operate. Um yeah. good good luck to you and good luck to your G man.
1: Tell BBD I love him, please.
2: Love you too. He loves you so much. All right, thanks Jake. See you later. T Panic. Holy smokes. Do we even preview the week? Can
0: on the tube it's different.
2: Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it high and tight. Maybe we'll try a a full-blown speed round and we'll see if the people like that. Maybe that'll be the new segment. It'll be just like a five-minute. Well, and you know what? why we're definitely going to do this? It starts out, and this is the beauty of sports where you can write stuff and you can't write stuff. This doesn't matter at all, but Philly's playing Houston Thursday night. Uh and it's one of the best teams in the NFL <laughs> versus one of the worst teams in the NFL. The 7-0 Eagles against the 1-5 and 1 Texans. They keep giving Philly the double digit line and they keep going over it. We'll see if this one is the test. It's 14 currently. It's in Houston and these Amazon games have stunk. Nobody's scoring. But the Texans are bad. I would take the Eagles again until, until we get hurt. Sorry about that joke. Um, and how funny would it be the Phillies could potentially go for a World Series championship if they win on Wednesday night and the Eagles could try to go 8-0? That's the sports stuff you got to believe in. Sunday, no London game. Chargers-Falcons. Ooh, Chargers are three-point favorites. Have they been clicking? Are they coming off their bye week? Is that why they are? Uh, I think they are. We'll see. I'd have to check the injury report and see who's back for the Chargers. If they have enough guys back, they're the talented team coming off a bye. That being said, the piss and vinegar, the first place Falcons play with, um, they could bulldoze them. I wouldn't touch that game money-wise. Uh... Falcons have a little bit of juice. Three and one at home. Yeah. Chargers favorites on the road. Don't love it. Bears, Dolphins, Miami, a five-point favorite on the road. After the Bears, they dismantled the Bengals um, with a power... Or, excuse me. I I compared the Bears and the... I confused the Bears and the Browns for a second because, honestly, why not? But <laughs> the Bears just got rolled on by the Cowboys. Uh Dolphins. Uh, I'll, again, I'll drink some dolphins Kool Aid. Let's get hot. Panthers. Bengals. No. Bengals bounce back. What was that last week? That was a disaster. They're seven and a half point favorites over the Panthers after getting embarrassed at the party. Everyone looking at their little wieners. That was uh, that was bad. Cincy. Come on. Packers. Lions. No. Um. Packers, get it going, man. They're only three-and-a-half-point favorites at the Lions. That's insane how the mighty have fallen with the Lions trading guys away. I don't know. Maybe the Lions smell the blood in the water and and they can find it, but Packers. They showed some fight at the end of the last game. Lions trade away their tight end. I could feel the vibes being back to vibes there. Go, Pack, go. Patriots, Colts, no. I don't want to watch it. Patriots have a chance to go to five and four. That feels insane. Um, Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback. I think there's insane stats about that. New England five and a half feels low. Bills, Jets. How's your six and one Bills versus your five and three Jets? The Jets, they kind of had their mini Super Bowl last week and they got punched in the mouth by those same Patriots Bills are nasty. They're twelve and a half point favorites over the five and three Jets. Jets are one and three at home. Come on, Jets. Four and zero on the road. That's funny. Vikings. Commanders. The first sale. Commanders. If you got a couple billion in your bank account, Uh the four and four Commanders host the six and one Vikings. Vikings, as as you people know, I kind of have them in a Dolphins bucket. Um. I don't fully believe they get the tight end in Hawkinson. What will that mean in the first week? Probably not much. Commanders have a little juice. Heineke, rumors about selling the team. Vikings are better. Not touching it. No, thank you. Raiders, Jaguars, ew. That stinks. That's the fantasy league I care about. Those are my quarterbacks right now. That's disgusting. Ugh. Seahawks-Cardinals. Cardinals, Cardinals two-point favorites at home to the Seahawks. Seahawks beat them uh, a couple weeks ago, 19-9. to 9. Um, I don't know. I mean, in the words of Joe's McFly, if you're not buying, you're selling, Pop. And I'm just not buying the Cardinals. And the Seahawks have been good. At what point do we just ignore the name Geno Smith and respect to what they're doing? I would take the Hawks plus two. Rams, Bucks, Super Bowl, isn't that what happened? How about that three and four versus three and five? The times they are changing. Bucks three point favorites at home. Man, Bucks would go to three and six, or Rams would go to three and five. This is a hopefully that's a dogfight and a good game. That's in your four o'clock slate. Hopefully that's a good watch, and then. Bucks beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Rams on the way there. On the way there. My bad. NFC. NFC, That makes sense. Um, Titans-Chiefs is your night game. Uh, The 5-2 Titans are against the 5-2 Chiefs. Titans, right now the third best team in the AFC. Uh, Can King Henry get it going on the ground? Control the game. It's in KC. It's Sunday night football. And the Chiefs. Are so so good. Last we saw them, they beat the forty ers in San Fran, 44 to 23. They were missing a lot of people. I know, I know. Um twelve and a half point favorite shows who they are. Ravens Saints, Monday night. Saints just shut shut out. Um who'd they just shut out? I was gonna say the Bengals. The Raiders. Yeah. So that might not mean another as,
0: team we thought might start to get going. Yeah,
2: people were starting to drink Raiders Kool Aid. I was on it. Uh, kudos to the Saints. Uh, let's find out. I guess if you if you guys are at the party or Ravens in New Orleans, Monday Night Football can get a little spooky on you. Ravens could also get to six and three, and we could start really believing in them again, especially adding at the deadline. And that's your NFL weekend. So if you get a chance for a double Philly up on. Thursday that's fun uh, Otherwise what we're Looking at The 1pm slate Obviously always has a chance to be Fun but nothing you're really drinking There Rams bucks a game to Save your season kind of both ways Rams bucks get right game. That should be that should be entertaining And and then Sunday Titans Chiefs at night let's see if the Titans are If they can if they can be real Because uh, they don't like this Chiefs Team They really don't. AFC? Um, so, hey, if you're planning out your Sunday, if you need to wait till the four and the eight, you might be alright there. Big ep! Holy smokes! Justin Penick. Thank him. Uh, Thank you, guys. Enjoy everything on John Boy Media, Farm to Fame, Warehouse Game, New Blitzball Battle. Every Monday and Thursday, it's awesome. Is he talking Knicks in there. Hello. Right. Talking baseball, World Series, Rose rotation, Compound. Ian Happ. That's gold on that glove now. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. He really worked on that. Uh, have a great week. Bye, the Commanders. See you Monday. We will see it you Monday. Sucks. Will we know a World Series champ by Monday?
0: I think we have to.
2: I think we have to? Eee!